entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. The show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builders Show. And along with my executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. Let me tell you my super objective in being with you today. I want to enthusiastically share stories and information to inspire leaders. And if you're listening to this podcast, you are a leader, so you can inspire others. My guest with me today via Skype, because everything is happening via Skype or something like that, is Danielle Grant. Hi, Danielle. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. And Danielle, I believe, is calling from where? Uh, Manchester, the UK. Manchester, UK. So, DC Taylor, uh, another international connection we have on the Business Builder Show, huh? Very nice. All right. Very, very nice. Okay, let me say this before we begin our conversation with Danielle. We are recording this interview the second week of April 2020. As we all know, the world has been disrupted by the COVID-19 pandemic. We fully expect that this discussion with Danielle to be valuable now and in the future. So let me give you a brief intro to Danielle. You'll learn more about her as we talk. She is a director of Leadership Leadership Global with many years experience coaching and facilitating programs at CEO and director level. She is a former businesswoman. She's a thought leader in blended learning methodologies and blended learning methodologies. I want to spend time on that later. So, Danielle, along with John Knights and Greg Young, you wrote a book called Leading Beyond the Ego. How to become a transpersonal leader, transpersonal leader. So maybe we'll start there. Define what you mean by transpersonal leader. Well, I, I'll give you the brief the definition from the book and try and elaborate on that if that doesn't make as much sense as I'd like it to. A transpersonal leader is one that operates beyond their own ego. In other words, instead of being led front and center by what you want for yourself and your own power, prestige, recognition and reward, you're driven by the greater needs of your uh, your stakeholders, whoever they might be. So not only do they operate beyond their ego, they are committed to their own personal development and learning. So they never believe they're the finished article. Um, they're radical in as much as they will look at things in fresh ways and be bold in taking new initiatives. But with that, they are ethical. They're authentic to their values, to who they are. And at the same time, they're emotionally intelligent and caring. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's just a brief expansion on what's in the book and be very happy to explore that and its relevance, particularly in today's um, difficult times. Yes, especially in today's difficult times. So let's let's start this way again or for the next step, I, I should say. So give us some background on how you, John Knights and Greg Young, gathered 
the knowledge to create your company, which is Leadership Global, and how you took all that knowledge to write this book. So I guess I'm asking, give us a little more background on you and your co-authors and Leadership Global. Leadership Global. Thank you. That's right. It's because we shape leaders. So it kind of does what it says on the tin. Um, well, uh, we've all been at organizational leaders. John was, I think, the youngest senior VP of a Fortune 100 company going back in the day. And he's worked all over the world globally. Uh, Greg has been a chief executive, having come from a clinical research background and then moved into the technology field. I had my career through the consumer products um, arena. So I was... um, the number two to the UK head of uh, Disney Filmed Entertainment um, going back a few years. I was uh, with Matchbox Toys. I was with, um, I then became chief executive of a a small uh, games organization that was a division of a public company. Um, And prior to that, I was uh, marketing director for an 800 strong video chain that got taken over by Blockbuster. Hmm. Okay. Taken over by Blockbuster? Bought out by Blockbuster, so I took my money and ran. <laughs> so, further verification that you're smart. Um, so, so, uh, so plenty of background, and obviously it is in the book, and there were several chapters in the book. By the way, folks, this is really unfair to Danielle and to the other authors. There's no way we're going to cover all the material in this uh, fantastic book. I did read it all. It is rich with stories, illustrations, data, uh, everything you could ask for. So um, so you shape leaders, and your website is leadership, leadershapeglobal.com, leadershapeglobal.com. So, Leader shape, no S in the middle there. Leadership. I'm really murdering that. I'm going to keep coming back. <laughs> Leadershapeglobal.com. We'll get it all out. I, I promise, Danielle. So, obviously, this is a business show. So, let's, let's, let me ask you this question right up front rather than the end. When we wrap up in uh, whatever it takes, the 15, 20, 30 minutes, what would you want to have people remember? What do you want to accomplish in this discussion? I want them to think about the fact that their leadership and um, that they've done in the past and that they've grown up with is not right for the times that we're living in and the new world that we're going to be creating together once this virus has been vanquished in some form or other. Um, and mm-hmm. that way of leading um, is something that will enrich them, make them happier and more successful and the world more successful the long term. If all I do is create a sense of curiosity about exploring what their own leadership journey might look like, then I think it will be job done. It's not your father's world or your grandfather's world by any stretch. As a matter of fact, it's not your world that's changing and leadership is going to be critically important. So in the book, Daniel, you use the acronym REAL, R-E-A-L. The the stages leaders take towards transpersonal leadership. So you started to talk a little bit about that, but maybe go a little deeper on R-E-A-L, R-E-A-L, REAL. Real. Okay, well, real, we, we start out where people come in maybe from 
an MBA or from business school or from graduating. And they are, and we look at the leaders that we, most of us grew up with, um, you know, going back 10, 20, 30 40 years, um, depending on how old we are and how much we want to re- we want to remind ourselves of what we've learned along the way. So we start out with real as people come into our world, which is rational, ego-based, as usual leaders. And those are leaders that work to the old um, Stone Age defaults of knowing everything and telling people what to do. And that's the default leadership that we all tend to fall back on because, hey, the guy that knows everything has got to be the one that we follow. Um, Mm. And in those days and in that world, the average um, leader could remember maybe 80% of what they needed to do their job. They could carry it in their head. And in those days, knowledge was power. Over the years, now we have knowledge at the click of a mouse. We Mm -hmm. know better keep tabs on all the knowledge there is in the world, nor can we have a monopoly of it. And people have become more specialist. So, you know, somebody that is a specialist in one computer language won't be in another. Somebody that is a specialist in online media may not be a specialist in something else. So we've become um, more specialist and less generalist over the years. Um, and so what we we do is we take people in at this level, which is we assume that people have the intelligence, the, they have the, the basic business grounding to be at that start level. But what they very often don't have is the emotional intelligence to lead others, because however great your strategy is, even if you're a one-man bad corporation, you cannot deliver it single-handedly. You have customers, you have suppliers, you have a community, you have people that you have to collaborate with in today's world. So therefore, being able to have interpersonal and intrapersonal skills in order to harness the energies and the commitment of other people to help you deliver your vision, to help you deliver your purpose, to help you execute your strategy is a given. You can't do it on your own. And if you don't have that emotional intelligence in order to connect with other people, um, bring them along, help them to see things your way and to do things right, you're never going to achieve any traction. And over the years, of working with leaders, we were growing them to a level of emotional intelligence, which made them much better leaders. Um, They got better traction, better commitment, better engagement with their teams, with their stakeholders. But what we then realized is you could be highly emotionally intelligent, but equally be highly manipulative with it. And you could be doing it just to big yourself up, just to get a bigger pay packet, irrespective of what damage you might be doing to others around you. So Mm -hmm. we realized that there had to be something beyond emotional intelligence. And so that level of an emotionally intelligent leader, which is where we've been taking people to for the last 15 years, was about getting them to a a state of being robust, emotionally aware leaders. So that's the intermediate stage of real. So mm-hmm. they're robust in as much as they understand their own emotions, they understand one each other, one another's emotions. They're able to stand fast on that and and to hold steady, um, and 
they have an emotional awareness both of their own emotions and those of others and how they can hijack us, drive us, help us make good or bad decisions. Um, and then we realized there has to be something beyond emotional intelligence that stops people doing it just for their own um, own power and prestige. And we started to look at the area of spiritual intelligence. And that's not an area that people in the West, particularly in the States and in the UK, are very comfortable about talking about spiritual intelligence. And then we thought, well, what does that mean? What does it come down to? Because we didn't want to go down some blind alley that took us into one religion versus another religion, one belief set versus another belief set. We wanted to have a model that anybody, whether they are of a religious faith or no faith, whether they believe in deities or they believe in nothing but what's here on earth, could actually access and embrace and not to diminish their own beliefs, but actually to give them another layer of belief. And we looked at mm. what does that mean? And we divided it into it's your personal conscience and your self-determination because your personal conscience determines on your belief set, what you do with it, what your principles, your values and your qualities are. And your self-determination is what you do with that to make it live and breathe in the world. Because if you sit at home with a great set of values and you sit in a little dark room and you meditate on that great set of values, you don't infect the rest of the world with your great set of values. So if you look at people like Gandhi or Nelson Mandela and people that over the years we have not debunked and, and called into question, they brought their beliefs and their values into into life by the, the deeds that they did and the way that they behaved. And that was with their energy with their commitment, with their uh, with their their ability to expound on what they did, with their resilience, with a whole lot of other qualities that allowed them to bring that into the world, and that brought them to the stage of being radical, because clearly they were radicals, and we all have it in us to be radical as well. Take new paths, ethically authentic leaders. I hope that that takes you through those three stages of development. You had me completely engaged. I listened and I wrote notes. Our guest is Danielle Grant. You can find her on LinkedIn if you so choose to find Danielle Grant. Her company is leadershapeglobal.com. You can learn more about the book. You can learn more about the work that they're doing, etc. So <laughs> I've been certified in emotional intelligence, and I've read most of the books and I've, I've studied this leadership thing. This spiritual intelligence is kind of new stuff, Danielle. I, I'm fascinated by it. I, I really yeah. am fascinated by it. Talk, talk to me a little bit more about it. Go, go even deeper uh, on this whole idea of spiritual intelligence. It, it's gone almost like bu building blocks, isn't it? I mean, your basic intelligence, your, your IQ, your EQ, or in emotional intelligence, whatever you want to call it. And then this is almost like a, another building block. Am I looking at it okay? That way? Yeah, I mean that works fine as a as a as a, an idea for me. I, for me, it's about something that we should all be feeling really dominantly at the moment. For me, spiritual intelligence is fundamentally about the interconnectedness of every human being to one another and to the the planet that we inhabit. 
because ultimately we are all, and we're discovering this, reliant on each other to stay healthy, to be healthy, to live long lives, or the opposite. And mm. never has it been more um, thrown into sharper relief than it is during this situation, where if people don't socially distance, if they don't, and, and I, I think perhaps we should be wearing masks. I, mean, I know that the science is all over the place on it, but if we don't mm -hmm. take care of ourselves and our neighbors, we have nothing. We're mm. all in the, in the grave. Um, yeah. And but for me, spiritual intelligence isn't about anything that is about a deity and, and you can believe or not believe. It is about how do we express how we are connected to each other as human beings through the human condition and how we express that to one another as human beings through that human condition. So in the book, we help people and we give them exercises that they can do to bring their fundamental values, the things that are really meaningful to them, into their full consciousness in every decision that they make. And if we do that, we won't make decisions for the wrong reasons. If, my, if the things that are fundamentally important to me in my value set are things like being fair, being compassionate, being authentic, having excellence, um, being resilient. If those are the things that make me who I am, that express who I am, then every decision I make has to be framed in the light of who I believe I am. And there may be other things that I want to develop in myself. I might want mm -hmm. to develop more altruistic love. I might mm -hmm. want to develop more patience. And if I make every decision saying, am I going, am I using that desire to build more patience in making this decision? Am I using that desire to demonstrate altruistic love in this decision? Am I demonstrating a desire for excellence in this decision? Then all of a sudden, the decisions we make will be true to who we are and they will be good decisions and decisions that we can look back on 20 years later and say, yeah, that worked out okay because I did that in full consciousness mm. of what really matters. Mm. The book we're discussing is Leading Beyond the Ego. Subtitle is How to Become a Transpersonal Leader. Um, primarily, who is the book written for? I think you say in the book that it's written for leaders, existing leaders, and those who aspire to be leaders. Am I okay with that? Yeah, I go further. It's written for anybody. And the reason I say it's written for anybody is because we have to lead ourselves. Mm before we lead anybody else. Hmm. Yeah, great point, great point. Um, I want to spend a little time on your chapter. Um, mm -hmm. Your chapter is about blended learning. And on page 243, you say, the fundamental issue is the brain resists being told. Let me repeat that, folks. Let's see. Her chapter is about blended learning. On page 243, it says, the fundamental issue is the brain resists being told. Talk to me about that and explain a little bit about blended learning. Okay. So when your parents said, go to bed, or when your parents said, don't touch that, what did you do as a kid? Why? <laughs> yeah. Or, or more why, often than that. Well, I did what they told me to do. I, I did. Really? I did. 
Well, not really. I probably fought back. Come, come to think about, yeah, not really. Okay. So yeah. that's just a microcosm of what goes on in the brain. The uh-huh. brain is just being told what to do. If somebody tells you, learn your 10 times table, well, that's an easy one. Uh-huh. You don't really learn it, do you? You right. don't really understand it, certainly not as a kid. But if somebody says, you know, gives you a whole load of, of bricks or something and says, you know, find out how many will fit into blocks neatly and you may find a, a pile of 10 work really well. You'll then understand that because you've discovered it for yourself. And mm-hmm. I'm putting that on a, on a very, in very simple terms. But there is plenty of neuroscience. And if you want to look it up, as there's umpteen things that will we'll point out that the brain is resistant. You think about when you were made to learn something, versus when you chose to learn something. Mm. When's the situation where something caught your curiosity and you then researched it and learnt it and did it versus, let's say, all the dates in the, cal- in the calendar of the Second World War? I mean, you, know, you tell me which mm. one. Tell me about something that you enjoyed learning. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Yeah. Now, let's get to some fundamental things. In addition to what you just said, is that, again, since I'm in the similar industry as you and there's others and and all leaders need to learn these skills of the blended learning. So it's it's a combination of everything. Right. And engaging that learner. So it's maybe video. It may be something written. written. It's something that you share. It's storytelling. Is that Somewhat close? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's allowing people to, to access the learning in the way that resonates with them. You've got a wonderful um, university professor that's a neuroscientist in the States. His name is John Medina, and he was very influential in my thinking because he's mm. done so many experiments on how to get people to learn. And the more senses you can engage in learning, um, and that is smell, taste, sound, mm-hmm. any sense. Emotions are crucial. And even if you can get people to smell things or, or, or taste things, that increases the learning because your senses have more hooks to recall and it creates what he calls rich encoding in the brain. So mm-hmm. whilst I, we've not yet got smell-o-vision or touch-o-vision, The best I can do is to offer people things that they can see, things that they can do with their hands and things at home, writing, reading. I try and engage people in an emotional environment Uh, on a virtual platform. I do this not just in in face-to-face, and I've become adept at doing this in a virtual environment, um, so that they're getting as many hooks to learning. I would encourage people to um, put a scented candle when they're trying to learn something because the scent of that smell will help you recall um, and your olfactory sense bypasses your 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 um, other senses so rapidly it triggers recall. So when I design any learning, I do it in a way that engages as many senses as is possible, engages emotion, and then gives people things to take back into their day-to-day lives and go and do. Because until you've done it, and applied it, you don't know it. You don't embed it. And every leader at whatever level, whether that's the family, the corporation, the church, 
church, whatever you're involved with, needs to understand what you just said to get the message out so that, in fact, we can rally. I'm going to make a statement that I think you'll agree to. You don't have to because we're running out of time. But all of this and one of your key focuses of your work is, I'll put it in my words, is performance improvement in the organization. Is it not? Correct. I mean, as individuals, we, we want everyone to improve. But ultimately, you're driving home the point in the book. You learn these things, you'll become a better leader. Therefore, you will have a stronger, healthier organization. Am I okay saying that? Yeah. You're okay saying that. And actually, my colleague, John Knights, has just written a white paper on emo- on uh, transpersonal leadership and its impact on productivity. Uh, and yeah, that's available that's- free through our through through our website as well. It's been published by Routledge, um, and it's a free white paper that anybody can access. And it shows the links between transpersonal leadership practices and productivity. Um, because engaged people produce more. Now, there's one thing I want to say, but I've also just done an article which has been um, published in Leadership Now, which is an online publication in the US, which talks about how transpersonal leadership resonates with what we need to lead through this crisis and out the other side, ready to take on a new world. Because the mindset is right, um, it balances the needs of stakeholders in a values-conscious way. It allows you to make the right decisions it, with the right values. It allows you to involve more people, which gets better decisions made because we're all reliant on the experts today. And experts don't all agree with each other either, so it has, enables us mm-hmm. to balance their information. It allows us to set up groups and trust them to get the best answers for us and to lead with that touchstone of values and qualities that allow us to be certain that we're making the best possible decision we can do in the circumstances. Well, what an engaging discussion. My guest has been Danielle Grant. Her company is leadershapeglobal.com. I would suggest strongly going to their website. I would suggest strongly buying their book. It is more appropriate now than ever before. The title of the book is Leading Beyond the Ego, How to Become a Transpersonal Leader. Danielle, thank you so much for being part of the Business Builder Show. My pleasure. If you ever want to do a follow-up on any particular angle, I'd be very happy. Thank you so much. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf.